Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Edging Podcast, our next season on the movie Small Soldiers, the first episode where we're dealing with minutes zero to 15. This podcast returns thanks to listeners like you and a paid sponsorship from Pimps Without Borders. Keep your pin pan strong all the day long. I'm Drew. I'm Sam. And I'm Adam. So, for anybody who's not terribly familiar with Joe Dante's Small Soldiers, Adam, and and that includes me, actually, I'm familiar with one scene of this movie which traumatized me as a child, and I don't remember anything else about it. So, Adam, would you just give us the, the, the quick and skinny on this movie? Okay, yeah, absolutely. Well, for the most part... I don't think it's any secret to anyone who's seen the movie that Joe Dante was originally told to make this an edgy movie for teens, something to see in the summer, something to make them feel a little bit more like they're high rollers, you know, being teenagers and whatnot, get the teenage dollar. And then, funny enough, Burger King actually acquired a sponsorship deal with them. Burger King was the biggest sponsor of this film, and uh, after seeing Toy Story, they wanted to market this more as a family-friendly movie for kids. So naturally, there's going to be some conflicting tones in here that kind of have writing on the seat of being a little bit too adult for kids and too kid-friendly for adults. Which makes it perfectly up our alley. Yes, and that's why we're here. Now, I should warn returning listeners that due to similar focus group shenanigans from uh, our sponsor, also Burger King, we'll get into that sponsorship (laughs) after the halfway point, uh, they said that Sam was testing really well, but they wanted us to do a little change, so now we're introducing the character of Small Sam. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Little Sam here. I'm Small Sam. So, Small Sam, how, how, how's your tiny microphone working for you? It's real nice. It's a tiny little microphone they set up on my desk for me. It was very sweet of them. Small Sam or Michael Jackson? <laughs> He's really microscopic, guys. He's the tiniest little guy. God gives his smallest battles to his. Wait, he gives his biggest battles to his smallest soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they named the movie. The movie starts with quite a few logos, especially the Universal logo, which reminds me of the great work done by Pimps Without Borders. <laughs> Pimps Without Borders, keep your pimp hand strong all the day long. I really like the uh, CG we got for the Small Soldiers uh, logo there. Yeah, that was pretty nice. That was surprisingly <clears throat> well done for uh, for 98. Yeah, overall the effects in this movie so far are very solid. The Soldiers are a lot bigger than they appear in the logo, though. They're not quite as small as they're shown in the logo. We uh, we bash through this credit crawl, though, and we, we get straight to uh, David Cross, baby. It's David Cross! Oh, uh, before we get to David Cross, though, I gotta, okay, I gotta cut that then. <laughs> there's no, 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 no. You're, you're totally fine, though. There's a lot to say about David Cross too. We'll, we'll come, I just I'll, want to I'll talk about Globo Tech real quick, Glo- or Global Tech. Is it Globo or Global? Uh, Globo Tech. Globo Tech. All right. I just want to talk for a minute about Globo Tech Industries, which makes high tech weaponry. And they, in their little commercial in the beginning of the movie, inform us that they're now incorporating high-tech battlefield technology into consumer products for the whole family. What are you going to use military-grade equipment in your daily life for? Your tactical air fryer, perhaps? (laughs) Mom, the toaster signed me up for the Navy. I really, I, I kind of dig this opening commercial. It's very much like something out of Robo, RoboCop. It's this, yeah, you know, very, very, uh, cyberpunk, anti, 
dystopian anti-capitalist type nonsense. Very sarcastic. And they conclude this wonderful ad with what I assume to be their slogan, turning swords into plowshares. Does anyone know what a plowshare is? I was going to look it up, but I didn't think to. It's the tippity part of the plow that does the cutting. So basically a sword. It's a farmer's sword. It's a sword that got out of the army and then worked on the family farm. Yeah. It's an agricultural sword. Wait a minute. You're telling me that Farmer Sam didn't know what a plowshare was? Can we get a little bit of Farmer Sam real quick? I don't know what you're talking about, Adam. Farmer Sam's the only Sam that's ever here. What about Small Sam? He's over there in the corner, yeah. He's been here the whole time. Being small and everything. Okay, so we get to David Cross. Sam, I feel like as the resident David Crosshead, you could lead us here. It's David Cross, baby, one of my favorite actors. Uh, Before his uh, fame in Chipmunks movies, uh, we we got him (laughs) in Small Soldiers, at his best, playing David Cross. (laughs) We as viewers also can just assume that Globotech in- acquired a small toy business who is run by David Cross and Jay Moore. And they're meeting that- their new boss for the first time, presenting ideas. I'm really troubled by the fact that Jay Moore plays a character named Larry B. Benson. <laughs> is that his fucking name? I didn't yep. catch it. That's too close. I'm certain it's Larry B. Benson. I know. I, what? Oh. Oh, dear. <laughs> what do we do with this information? Hey, quick, name one other Jay Moore character. Go. He was uh, uh, Chewbacca, right? No, 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 no. He was not. Sam, quick, name one other Jay Moore character that wasn't on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> you know I can't. <laughs> I know. That's why this bit is so funny. <laughs> What are some of their ideas that they present to their newly acquired boss, played by well, Dennis Leary? Well, Irwin, uh, David Cross, Irwin, uh, is not quite up on the multimedia technology. His display is very much two-dimensional. He's got the Gorgonites from the planet Gorgon who are going to help children learn. But uh, Barry B., I mean, Larry B. Benson, he's not a big fan of learning <laughs> or knowledge in general. Although they had great success with the Belch Brigade years back. True, indeed. <laughs> we can't forget about those Belch Warriors. Yes, Flatchu of the Belch Brigade? Oh man, I remember when I used to play with my Flatchu all the day long. You had Flatchu? I only had Count Brappenstein. <laughs> <laughs> I'd I like that Irwin's portrayed as like the sympathetic toy maker who's, you know, like learning in children, but he's also the master hind, mastermind behind poop and fart the toy (laughs) he was trying to atone for poop and fart the toy drew that was the entire point (laughs) of the gorgons what did poop and fart toy teach children david cross (laughs) how to poop and fart this one's on me i got egg in my face you're an absolute fucking goon That makes what what happens next even sadder when you consider that this is David Cross's most beautiful creation that he's spent so much time on. He's finally going to yeah, teach can... the children something with his toy, and then his partner comes in and just sort of turns that whole idea around. You, it, it's so sad because you can tell he spent a lot of time on it, and you, he really cares about this project too, which makes it all the more sad. 
Well, I mean, he was talking about some liberal globalist bullshit like teaching kids, but then luckily Larry B. Benson comes and saves us with the military-industrial complex. Presenting Major Kyle Rittenhouse. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the toy that they introduce is Major Chip Hazard, a big G.I. Joe fellow that looks like, I don't know, maybe he was the Crimson Chin 20 years ago. And Sam, you mentioned uh, his. Uh, you mentioned Larry B. Benson's multimedia skills. What exactly does he show here? Well, he shows a commercial with the uh, the toys talking and punching their ways out of the box. But uh, do we establish the big boss man's name? Uh, it's like Bill Maher or something like that. It's so, it's so close to Bill Maher. <laughs> it's it's Gil Mars. Gil Mars. That's I gotta it. say, I love. The I began enjoying the on the nose naming of like naming the Lord of War Mars, but then they introduce his assistant, the lady, and her name is Miss Kegels. <laughs> I wrote that down immediately. You know that pussy popping. You can't slip. You can't slip that one by me. What what the fuck is Joe Dante on? I, I get calling the guy Gil Mars, but you're not calling like what I assume is one of two women in this movie, <laughs> Miss Keel. You know what? I'd like to have a little bit of a serious moment here. Joe Dante is, in all seriousness, one of my favorite directors in terms of like doing so much with so little. He's he's what I'd consider like a budgetary director. So it kind of hurts to see something like this, like one of his big hopeful blockbuster movies come out like this. So I'm not defending the name Miss Kegels (laughs) in any way, shape, or form. Well, with with Chip Hazard introduced, that that poses a problem for the Gorgons. They have to become the new bad guys because Chip Hazard needs something to shoot. The best lines of dialogue asked by Gil Mars are, What do soldiers need? And what is the response? Hats. Hats. <laughs> the first response is hats. Soldiers need hats. Genuinely well, really funny. I wish there was. Br- I wish the army had a bring your own hat policy, so I could wear like a a big poofy hat with like a feather in it as I'm going through the trenches. <laughs> I think this is time to try out a new segment here called "Is it funny?" <laughs> Adam, this is a waste because that's fucking funny. <laughs> Sam, would you argue that it's not funny? No, that was that was good. It got me. <laughs> Sorry, premature hats segment. <laughs> You're outvoted on this one, Adam. <laughs> All right, Chip Hazard doesn't have a hat. Confirmed, Keck. This is stolen valor. They're not real soldiers. Be cooler if they did. On the line of, uh on-the-nose naming in this movie. Mm-hmm. Our main soldier guy is named Chip Hazard, and later he becomes a hazard because of chips that are put in him. And that just, that really gets under my skin because it's like naming Sauron Evil Ring Man. <laughs> that means it's time for our next segment. Is it funny? Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> well, is it fu- is it funny? <laughs> Sam, you take the right <laughs> Chip Hazard is Chip Hazard funny? <laughs> is the name Chip Hazard for a thing that's a hazard because of chips funny? I guess it's not necessarily funny as much as it is just pretty on the nose, yeah. 
That's not on the nose. On That's up the fucking septum, man. <laughs> that that is the nose. I think what you meant was off the per- the perineum. The, yeah. The, with a, what? <laughs> the what? That's way down south, buddy. That's where you do your kegels. <laughs> so Dennis Leary sees the commercial, sees these toys doing all the things in the commercial, and asks about them. And when he's told they don't do what they do in the commercials. He's pissed because of false advertising, and he wants to make sure that the toys are actually sentient and can walk, talk, fuck like the best of them. He wants Apocalypse Now chips in every single one of these toys. <laughs> and he designates the Gorgonites as the bad guys. So the the boys are off to get their secret code names and become new uh, agents of Gizmondo, or whatever the name of the corporation was, I also forgot. Globotech, that was it. Globotech. <laughs> They're new agents of Globotech. They get their code names. Uh, if if, if we want to p- play another game of Is It Funny, I, I really liked David Cross's line where he just looks at his secret code name and says, Mine's Gizmo. <laughs> uh, do you get it? It's like in the movie. <laughs> Joe Dante directed Gremlins. The Gremlins name is Gizmo. Do you get it? Oh no, I thought him just reading the code name was funny. <laughs> Not even the reference. I think him immediately getting the secret code word and just be like, ah, this is my secret code word. That's funny. I disagree hardly. I 100% disagree. Well, once again, it's two to, two to, two to one against Adam and this game isn't funny. The game that Adam introduced oh. and can never win. <laughs> I'm gonna win one day. Oh my goodness, Adam, you and your bits. Speaking of bits, I was very fond of some of the names on the of these Commando Elite toys that were being shown on the commercial. My favorite being Kip Kill Again. <laughs> Lieutenant William <laughs> Callie is being made into a toy. Oh, funny enough, there, there's a little bit of backstory here from that, from Mr. Kip Killigan. Uh, right before the movie premiered, Actually, either right before or right after. I can't say for certain. But there was an incident in Oregon where a young man named Kip killed his family and then shot up a school. So they refused to distribute copies of the action figure Kip Killigan in Oregon. Wow. Yeah. The thing the thing is that's absolutely batty, but I know that you don't you aren't tasteless enough to make something like that. No, up. it's it's real. <laughs> it's real. What the fuck? What? Wait, they had actual toys of Kip Killigan? No, they made they made copies of all these toys. Like when I was a kid, I had a toy of Archer, the Gorgonite that we see later on. It was a pretty cool toy, actually. It didn't do none of the shit they did in the in the, the trailers, but uh, it was pretty cool. That false advertising strikes that again. Crossbow, yeah, fuck yeah. Let me say that again, brother. Well, Barry B. Benson goes off and and he decides to research the new toys, and in doing so. Decides to research microchips in the most dumbass way possible where he just... What were his three search terms again, Drew? Microchip. State of the art. Surplus. So I want many good chip. I love 90s Google. (laughs) Why is it called Globotech? His name is Gil Mars, not Mr. Globo. Dude, it's, it's the most cheesy fucking multinational corporation name in history. Money company. 
So he uses he uses he can't find his password, so he uses the password Gizmo, so we can hear that reference again. And with that, the chips are ordered, and they're put in the dolls. They don't look very action tasty. Figures. I don't believe that's how action figures are made. There's some 3D printing looking shit there. Back when I used to chew on all my toys, I could tell the ones that were laser printed <laughs> and the ones that weren't. Oh man, I really want to get me a chip hazard and a Kip Killigan so I can just gnaw on their heads passively as I do my work every day. <laughs> Chew their plastic hair off. <laughs> we go from toys being made with a mil- with the military chips to a 90s haircut riding a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got me, brother. <laughs> oh, before we get to 90s boy in a 90s world, I just wanted to reflect on a couple of interesting names in the credits. First of all, I thought that he I thought it was weird that they introduced this fellow that I'm unfamiliar with, Frank Langella as Archer specifically. And so I looked him up, and do you know what Frank Langella is famous for, you guys? What's that? He's the Tony Award winning uh mu- musical actor Famous for playing Richard Nixon in the stage play Frost v. Nixon. <laughs> oh, my favorite. Huh. Oh, Chip Hazard, you better get out of here. We're peaceful. <laughs> I micro-recorded every other chip, and now they're in my database. Spiro Agnew does sound like a Gorgonite name. <laughs> <laughs> So, 90s haircut rides his bicycle to his dad's toy store where he works. I'm sorry to interrupt we get you, a hint Sam. Of... I'm sorry to interrupt oh, you. I had one more name. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other name that was fascinating was Stan Winston, one of the best effects, mans in ho- effects men in Hollywood, uh, designed the Predators, uh, designed the... T- aliens. Aliens, designed the Turn-A Gundam. Oh. <laughs> I knew Sam's ears perked up. <laughs> yeah, this is our fourth time bringing up Gundam on this podcast. Ding! You have my interest, and now you have my attention. You did a really damn good job designing these toys. They look great. Yeah. So far, yes, they haven't moved yet. Just wait; it gets worse. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm sorry, Sam. Could you tell us about '90s Boy in '90sville? So 90s, 90s haircut rides his bicycle back to the toy shop where that his dad owns. And uh, we get a little hint of what the toy shop is like as a kid walks by and says, Come on, Grandma! That place never has anything good! <laughs> it's also called the inner child. I find, there's a joke there somewhere, but I, I'm not brave enough to make it. <laughs> That's a season one joke. That's a season one joke. It is a season one joke. You know why uh, the kid says that none of the toys here are good? It's because all their soldier toys don't have hats. It's true. They don't have any soldier toys, in fact. They they later mentioned that they have a policy in this toy store of no war toys, but there are multiple army men, first on the outside lined up in the window, and later in like display cases back inside the store. That is a real 90s looking kid, though. I had to go back and make sure it wasn't Edward Furlong from T2. Oh. It looks exactly fucking like Eddie Furlong. He does. But it's not. It is good old Gregory Smith, who you know from such other films as 
And... How would you guys feel? You guys know that famous video of the Russian man who tried to produce a homunculus by injecting his DNA into a chicken egg? Yes. Oh, yes. yeah. Is that how they made Chip Hazard? <laughs> I don't know. It grows arms and legs. It just goes like, ah, destroy the Gorgonite scam. Which is what I assume is his catchphrase. No, funny enough, his catchphrase, according to IMDb, is... No mercy. No, no, no. His catchphrase, according to IMDb, too, is... I have to go file my taxes. <laughs> it burns when I pee. <laughs> $20 for 20 minutes? You've got a deal. <laughs> my enchiladas are burning. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're I think we're inventing the greatest toy of all time. Just spitballing these ideas. I think so too. We need to we we just, somebody needs to invent a redditor toy that just says shit like, "Am I the asshole? <laughs> this is the most not safe for work situation I've ever been in." <laughs> Here's Reddit gold, kind stranger. This isn't as wholesome as I was expecting. <laughs> Now that we've talked about catchphrases, we're, <laughs> we're, I, think, I, think, I think we can get back into the story a little bit. No. Do you guys happen to know where this takes place? No. Where this movie takes place in? 90sville. Sam, any guesses? Yeah, I would have just said 1998. <laughs> <laughs> no, it actually takes place in Akron, Ohio. Oh, we got oh, a hometown no. movie here. We are, of course, Ohio we boys. We got a boy creeping up on our turf, eh? Wait, wait a minute. Akron. You know what else Akron is famous for? The Akron Crapper. <laughs> so, this is a good as time as any. Do we, do we explain? <laughs> Look up. Yeah, please explain the Akron Crapper real quick. The Akron Crapper was a man. No, a legend. <laughs> A, a vigilante who shit for justice. <laughs> he went around pooping on people's cars, and at one point, according to a news report, pooped on the top of a slide and watched it go down. <laughs> <laughs> they got a photograph of this guy shitting on somebody's car. They're Dodge Neon. <laughs> he looks into the camera and has a look like a cryptid. They had a photograph of this guy, but they still never caught him. It is believed that he shit on 200 properties across Akron. Yeah, the actual, the, the cryptid photo that you're responding to, he's actually pooping in the Bigfoot pose. <laughs> he really is. Everyone listening, that's your homework for the week. Look up the Akron Crapper. Akron Crapper, also known as the Akron Brown Bomber. This is real. We are not gaslighting you. <laughs> oh, man. It... If the Akron Pooper happens to be listening to this podcast, please contact us. We will not, I swear to God, we will not reveal your identity. We just need an interview. We just want to know what your cause was for. We'll, we will disguise your voice. Why did you shit? We want we, to know we, why you shit. So, 90s boy, he's out here, he's got his eye on the bag, and his dumb dad won't take the business in a profitable direction. So, 90s haircut... Cuts a deal with a local supplier. Hey, hey, I'll cut you in direct, you know, 50-50. You slip me a few of them Gorgonite toys, 
and you, you slip me some of them Commando Elites and some of them Mennonite toys, and, you know, we cut the profits. <laughs> he even said maybe we'll just say the toys fell off the truck. This kid is conniving. I want to meet the actual motherfucker who would actually make a bargain with a kid. Some some crazy... Of, of course, also, I'd like to point out this is the obligatory Joe Dante Dick Miller cameo. Dick Miller? Dick Miller. Mm. He's in every Joe Dante movie. So, we end our 15 minutes cleanly with... A gag where a standee approaches the camera in a way that makes it look like Chip Hazard is approaching us. And I would like to bring up a new a new segment called, Is This Funny? <laughs> the actual way that we were going to actually use this segment before Adam killed it. I'll edit that out, don't worry. No, 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 keep them all no, keep It gets funnier no. every time. But I want to seriously talk. Is this gag where the standee comes toward the camera to look like Chip Hazard? Is it funny? Because I must admit, it did get me. No! Are you fucking serious? Why would that be- who would find that funny? I, I honestly didn't get anything out of it. Thank Fuck. you, fucking Christ. Adam got a win. Adam got a win! I got Yeah, I gotta side with Adam on this one, as much as it pains me. <laughs> this doesn't change anything between us, Sam. <laughs> Oh man, I, you know, now that this movie is continuing, I gotta say, I hope this is the slowest 15 minutes, because all we really got was exposition. Well, that's the thing about movies, usually the first 15 minutes are exposition. Mm. We gotta catch the audience up too, they might not have seen the movie. Well, I think it was really hats off to us to make this episode as entertaining as it was, considering what little we had to work with. That's true. Let's give ourselves a big pat on the back. So, Drew, since you haven't seen this movie before, how would you rate this 15-minute chunk on a on the on the small soldier scale of one foot soldier to six foot soldier? <laughs> uh, I guess two. It's, it's it's pretty dull so far. But since I've never seen this movie before, I'd I'd really like to revive the segment of. How do we think this movie is going to end? Yes. And naturally, since you haven't seen it, since you were, you know, a young, impressionable five or six-year-old child, Drew, how would you, how do you think this movie's going to end? Okay. So I, right now, I have two major theories. One of them is that the kid takes Major Chip Hazard and Gorgonite Archer back to his house, and, you know, they start becoming rivals for his affection as they want to be the perfect toy but then uh at one point uh gorgonite archer accidentally knocks chip hazard out the window and so that makes them go over to the neighbor's house and and you know this neighbor he really mistreats his toys so they have to like start a toy uprising in order to get back to their loving child mandy you know that's not what happens in this movie but that's a good idea for a movie yeah i don't think that's ever been done before and then at one point, so. and then at one point, Chip Hazard says, "To infinity and further than that." <laughs> That's good. Hey, Sam, are you writing this down? I got all that. Yeah. Okay. If you're not writing it down, I will. Okay, but in all seriousness, I'm, I'm genuinely going to try to cr- take a crack at this. I th- okay, hit it. I think that the kid is going to take them home, and they're going to be like 
comically battling each other to try and kill one another, but every any time a human's around, they have to pretend to be toys again or something. And so there's going to be a scene where the, the little sister comes in and steals them, and she puts them in dresses and makes them have a tea party, But which is funny because they're men, and they don't wear dresses, and they don't have tea parties. <laughs> but then in the end... Uh, they're going to reconcile their differences and they're going to have to defeat an even bigger toy, which is probably going to be played by Phil Hartman. <laughs> I know he's in this movie. I really hope he's playing a toy. You know, if this movie was made in 2022, then what would happen in the movie is that Chip Hazard and Archer would like break into a toy factory and then they'd start putting chips into all the classic big-name toys, so that way we could have a battle of all your favorite IPs. Like, <laughs> I'm going to stop you right there. Only oh, big-name no. toys that give the movie money. Oh, yes, absolutely. We need to milk every single IP. Mr. Potato Head comes in, and... Uh, yeah, name, name another toy. Lego <laughs> Man. <laughs> yes. And they're all voiced by Chris Pratt. (laughs) (laughs) Take that, modern media. You have been silenced by Edging Podcast. (laughs) The only true voice. It really makes me sad to think that there are other podcasts out here that are just trying to ride our coattails. There may be other podcasts, but there are no other podcasts that are as Belgium-friendly as we are. That's true. We're the most Belgian-friendly podcast there is, so if you're listening in Belgium, hello, hang on, pause, pause, let me, let me look up how to say hello in Belgian. <laughs> I think they speak French, Sam. They, they speak, speak French, French, German, over and there? Uh, Spanish, I think. They have three, like, national languages. Just, <laughs> well, just leave all that in, then. <laughs> <laughs> Well, whether from Belgium or any other of the wonderful nations on this world, thank you very much for listening to our podcast. We're going to have a wonderful season with a movie that I'm excited to experience for what is basically the first time with my friends. You see, I am Drew, and they are... Sam. And Adam. Keep your soldiers small. And your dreams tall. Thank you for listening to Edging Podcast. Discuss small soldiers. Be sure to press that follow button and listen weekly as we discuss your favorite and least favorite movies in 15-minute chunks every week. And now, live from the Akron Penitentiary, Edging Podcast's interview with the Akron Crepper. So, uh, it's said in your, uh, manifesto that the reason that you crapped was uh, to liberate your brothers and sisters who have defecated on public property throughout the world. Uh, could you say more on that? This is true. My people, they are, they are oppressed. They are fought against by the law. We only ask to poop freely. Is this such an unjust cause to you? So you would say one of your inspirations is IP freely. Inspiration or or copycat, I don't know what you would call them. Speaking of, there there have been multiple uh, cases of what the police believe are copycat shitters. People who just wanted to ride your coattails and so walked around Akron shitting wherever they felt like. What would you say to these copycats? I personally, I, I think they've done an honorable thing taking up the mantle. 
the more brothers and sisters we have in this fight, the more powerful our voice becomes. They cannot stop us. We will shit where we please. All right, visiting hours are over. Where's my $200 in cigarettes you promised me? Two hours later, the Akron Pooper was murdered in his jail cell.